0: So, are you DTFF?
1: Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge.
0: Hey, welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football podcast. As the intro said, your hosts here are myself, Dustin Lunt, and Jake Trowbridge. Right this way, this way on the screen. I know, oh, I know my directions. I thought you were going to get it the first
1: time. <laughs> no, Jake.
0: How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing just fantastic. I'm ready to mock draft.
0: Tonight. Oh, that's yeah. right. It's going to be so fun. I love doing mock drafts, uh, and this one will be great because we've got. Uh, Bunch of listeners out there that have have deemed to join us and and go through the draft with us. Um, So, yeah, we'll just be breaking down our draft picks as we go through. This is just your standard 12-team PPR league. Nothing too fancy or crazy. Uh, Starting to get ourselves ready for the redraft season here. So uh, we we figured this was a good week to do it. We're sliding into June, kind of the whole drums here uh, where OTAs are over and it's before training camp actually starts. So it's like... Let's get a mock draft in there, see what we see now, draft our teams, and then we'll do another one before the season starts and we can see how our team's different and talk about maybe why we made some different decisions at that time. So this is like a good little uh, checkpoint here for us. Take stock where we're at, how we feel on certain players. Uh, yeah, so it'll be a fun show. I'm really excited. Yeah, these are always great. Like I I love
1: doing mock drafts. Some people do not find them as fun as we do, but screw them people. That's <laughs> right. Mock drafts <laughs> are uh, and look, it's not like you have to take away from tonight every move that we make and every bit of analysis that we make because things will certainly change between now to start a redraft, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. But as a pre-evaluation process, I find it very helpful. And
0: it's just a good way for us to get all of our thoughts out on certain mm-hmm. players and, and kind of our strategies, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to start flexing those draft muscles. You want to be ready for draft day because you never know what's going to happen, especially in your home leagues. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people can... We'll probably draft, you know, Ryan Tannehill in the first round because they love that Julio Jones is there now, and you know, so you got to be ready for all those situations. That's what mock drafts do; they get you prepared for the upcoming season. So we're here to help the you with all that. Reflex is ready. That's right. Just saying. I like I like that little move there. That's nice. That's my mock
1: draft move. That's how I approach every mock draft.
0: That's nice. I love it. So uh, before we get into our mock draft here, we've got about 10 minutes before we're going to kick it off here. Got a little time to burn. Uh, Go through our normal house cleaning things here before we get into the show. And we've got a terrific beer this evening, talking our beer of the week. Uh, This is from a collaboration from G5 Brewing Company and Sahale Ale Works out of Beloit, Wisconsin. Um, and Jake, I was telling you about this beer this weekend and I figured we had to share it for the show. So this is called high G. This is an ecto cooler inspired kettle sour coming in at 5% ABV. Uh, and, and, uh, I don't know about all these young kids out there, but at least for me, ecto cooler was uh-huh. the fucking bomb, man. I lived for that stuff and came in like little Capri sun, uh, silver pack with slime on it from the ghostbusters. Oh God. It was the best. That's I drank right. that stuff. All day long, it was amazing. So when I saw this it beer was like at the a store, Green High Sea, right? If yeah. For our
1: listeners who might not know, it was like Green High Sea, basically. Basically, yeah.
0: Looked like slime
1: from yeah from yeah. Well, burgers,
0: right? and, yep. and and when you look at the beer, I mean, it, it looks yeah. The, the color doesn't uh, disappoint oh, here. It's it is it's really lime wonderful. green. Um, yeah, so I had to share this beer because it's very nostalgic for me, and uh, figured it'd be a good one for the show tonight. Now I had not drank it.
1: So now mm-hmm. I was just so excited when I poured it and it does have that <laughs> uh, something's wrong with this green mm-hmm. color that comes out. I loved that. And this is a sour and like, as longtime listeners know, I'm a big sour guy. You are slowly encroaching uh, yes. in your way. They're in, They're becoming in your wheelhouse now. Yes, very and much so. I didn't know what to expect with this one. Uh, It's not as sour as some of them that we've had so far. It's almost more refreshing. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. This is um, It says on the can it's an easy-to-drink summer beer. Um, It's got a lot of orange and tangerine juice in it, over four pounds of fruit per barrel, uh, which is a lot. Um, Yeah, it's not super sour. It is very refreshing. Uh, I'm not sure where the green color comes from. Uh, I'm guessing that's some sort of... Uh, added food coloring or maybe from actual fruit itself I don't know Um, I just know that oranges and tangerines are not this color so not sure where the color is coming from exactly
1: I don't know if we want to know and I don't know
0: that I I really don't I just want to be blissfully ignorant of this because I like it Mm -hmm. and I want to keep liking it yeah it is a very refreshing um, as the can says a good summer beer agreed Good. fully agreed sir Good. So, with that out of the way, do you have a drunk trade for us, Jake, this week?
1: I do. I was able to scrounge up a drunk trade for this week, so hit that beautiful button, Dustin. Yes, sir. Drunk. 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 Hammered drunk. 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 Drunk Trade of the Week. This week's drunk trade comes to us from Twitter, at David... Fiore, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, Now, this is really interesting because we've moved to this stage in the offseason where this player is still a question mark, but this trade was submitted almost three months ago. I'm curious if the needle has moved for you much from then to now. So the actual trade, this person, David receives Deshaun Watson, a 2022 first and a 2023 first and sends away pat mahomes no other context just says if watson is good to go
0: i like it <laughs> yeah that's a pretty big if though dustin what are your thoughts here that is a big if uh just because of his situation i don't like this trade uh just i i really don't think he's gonna play this year and i you know when i put out my projections earlier over the weekend uh I don't have him projected to be playing at all. I, I think he ends up sitting out. He's probably going to be on the commissioner's exempt list by the time the season rolls around. And so, yeah, that's the reason I don't like it. Now, if, if Watson was not in the current state that he's in with all these question marks, uh, I would think I would probably take the Watson side. Uh, you're getting two firsts on top of Deshaun Watson, who was, you know, a top five quarterback, but, as I said, with the situation as it is now, unless you're going to just say this year is out the window for me and I don't care if I lose a lot by not having a stud quarterback or a starting quarterback of Watson's caliber and you're going to go for uh, you know, a low pick here in 2022 plus the one you just got in this trade and maybe try to rebuild a little bit. I guess I can get on board with that, but even after this year, it's going to be hard to say what happens with Watson, where he is. We don't even know. He could probably most likely be traded uh, after this season. So it's nope. there's a lot of question marks there, and I'd rather take the first sure thing of Patrick Mahomes.
1: Tons of question marks. Three months ago, though, I think the hope from everybody was at least we'll know something. One way or the other, hopefully by now we would have an idea of what mm-hmm. was going to happen with him, and we still don't. And that's, yeah, that's terrifying. For me, personally, so looking at this trade from then and now, I dislike it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mahomes should be, a, you know, four first-round picks, essentially, is what Mahomes is. Previously, Watson was worth at least a couple, especially mm-hmm. in Superflex leagues, and now, yeah, I don't know.
0: Now it's, it's just scary stuff, and I am glad that I was not involved in this trade. Personally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't like this at all, and... I'm sorry that you traded away Mahomes for two first round picks. Yep. Which they're probably going to be late first round picks because you gave that other team Patrick Mahomes.
1: Hey, so we're lying. Yeah. not really. Not really.
0: Uh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, god, that sucks. That that's just kind of a damper. I'm trying to
1: start the show off on such a downer. I didn't intend to. I was just curious, Dustin.
0: I know. It just, oh, it just, that just is gross. And it's just disappointing all around, but it is what it is, as they say. So uh, before we hit our mock draft and get going on this, Jake, do you want to read a sponsor? Read our sponsor?
1: Your read some words damn. from
0: our sponsor <laughs> about our sponsor. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at this. <laughs>
1: Let me just say to our sponsor, that previous word vomit has nothing to do with your segment on our show. We are proud to be presented by Monkey Knife Fight. Head on over to monkeynightfight.com. They have all the sports available for you for your daily fantasy needs. It's so stupid, simple. Even my co-host, who couldn't get words out, knows it, loves it, has won money doing it. True story. Uh, and and you don't have to just NFL, which is the really beautiful thing about this. You can go over right now and start uh, getting yourself some cash. The easiest way to do that, use promo code DTFF. They will give you, they will match you up to $50 on an initial deposit. That's free money right there. You just got to remember, monkeyknifebite.com,
0: promo code DTFF, and you are set. That's right. You get some straight cash, homie. Nothing, nothing to that. <laughs> you gotta love it. All right. So we are gonna get going here with our mock draft shortly. So, um, ooh, look at this coming up in the chat from Sal inviting us on the Potathon for Scott Fishbowl. Uh, Sal, you sneaky,
1: you... sneaky Sal, popping hey. into the comments all hey. out of
0: nowhere. We will take that Adam's... and run with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, Sal. We would love to be a part of the Potathon, which of course, of course, is part of the wonderful Scott Fish Bowl. If you are not following that trend on Twitter, you absolutely should be. Hashtag SFB11. Follow all of the goodness. It's for a great cause. And so of course we're gonna be a part of this.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it. Thank it's you a for ton asking, of fun. Sal. Oh. One other note from Sal here. He says, uh, Jake, uh, you need oh. to be prepared to sing. Uh, uh, okay. Time, time to start that, working not, on another. Yeah. Uh, you, you come up with an SFB uh, parody pipes. song. John, consider
1: it done. Start Perfect. Working on the pipes right now. I'll be finely tuned <laughs>
0: in time for the pot about. <laughs> All right, so we are going to get going here with our mock draft. This is just a 12-team PPR, 1QB, redraft-style mock draft here. Nothing fancy. Uh, Typically what your average fantasy football player will be going through. So we have got on the screen here ready to go. I'm going to randomize the teams now so that everybody can see that there's no funny business here of, of who gets what draft position so boom conscientious of you there transparency is the name of the game here jake looks like you ended up with seven and i'm at 10 so let's start this draft let's do this let's get right into the nuts and bolts Mm -hmm. of
1: this thing now i'm excited here so as we're of course we're talking about the settings Mm -hmm. very Low key, very basic, very straightforward with the settings. We're not mucking around too much here. That's
0: right. I I believe um, it's one QB, start two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, two flex kicker, and a defense, and then like six bench positions or something like that. Total of 16 rounds.
1: I would say a traditional style Mm -hmm. of draft here. Right. I mean, this is what most home leagues are going to look like. This is certainly what our home league looks like, save for some weird inverted uh rounds on occasion. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, this is about as straightforward as it gets. So off the top here, Dustin, we have a couple of picks off the board, which mm-hmm. I think seem pretty pat, right? Pretty what you would
0: expect here. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook flying yep. off the boards from the start. Yep. yeah. Seems... uh pretty straightforward at this point uh we are operating for the folks out there just so they know on a two minute timer so it gives us a little bit of time to uh, think about our picks but also to be able to sit and talk about them a little bit here so right we want our mock drafters to not feel rushed here mm-hmm. either not only ourselves but
1: for everybody else participating so yeah as we're thinking about this though dustin do you come in with the strategy at all off the top of your head depending on the, you know, scorings
0: settings, etc. Or do you just fly by the seat of your pants from the start? Um, typical, I, I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I definitely have a, a draft strategy that I like to employ. Uh, but tonight I might try something a little bit different than what I would normally do. Uh, again, just John? to see how it goes, test out, test out a different strategy. This is what mocks are for. So, um, we okay. will see what happens here. I'm excited. Um, and I, I like my pick picking at the end of the first round here. Um, uh, I know I think most people would, you know, maybe want to be more in the early so you can get that, you know, your McCaffreys or your Dalvin Cooks, um, as opposed to the end, especially in, in a non-superflex uh, format here. Sure, sure, absolutely. So more running back Palooza here.
1: Shocker. Holy cow. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, then Derek Henry. So four running backs off the board. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the part where it's kind of nice for myself to be in the middle of the round. Mm -hmm. Because if there's runs like this happening, and not even just in this first round, but throughout the draft, I don't have to do much anticipation here. Truly. I just just have to ride the wave. I can navigate it pretty well. I don't feel pressured. Because there's not a ton of picks in between. My first and second,
0: second and third, except.
1: Mm-hmm. But you at the end now. You you might have to navigate that a little bit more in a 10 spot.
0: Yeah, we will see. Uh, you know, I oh, there Saquon finally went. I was I was a little surprised. He made it till six overall here. Um if I could have gotten <laughs> him, my goodness, but two more running
1: backs. Holy hell. So here's what I've noticed about ADP in this kind of situation is the running back ADP certainly floats to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I have a, a situation here because, to me, basically your top tier of running back is gone. Everybody else, to me, is in a second tier. And I don't want to have to jump on a running back, again, just because everybody else did. And I know if I pass on one here, look, at, I don't have to wait that long. There's going to be probably some good potential running backs yet to come in that tier that I'm talking about. So I do a tier-based system more, mm-hmm. more than just a set rank system. Uh, so I'm going to pivot. I'm going to pivot, Dustin, and I'm not going to take a running back. Ooh. And I'm not going to take a quarterback early because it is one quarterback. And there's so much wide receiver depth, I'm not going to mess with wide receivers either. Do you know what that leaves us with, Dustin?
0: Kicker defense?
1: No, fuck you. <laughs> that leaves us with a tight end. And I've been hitting this strategy a lot lately. I'm going to take Travis Kelsey here. I want to set it and forget it tight end. There's only maybe two of those that I would actually consider uh for this year so I did it.
0: All right and and uh, you must have been uh reading uh Flavorize this uh in the chat his the mind here no Kelsey gone yet so Ooh I did it I did it for you Flavorize this
1: I did it for you and I did it to hurt our next uh mock drafter who is uh is <laughs> Mike Viola, who, who good friend of the show, listeners and viewers will appreciate, was right behind me, so I get the opportunity to snipe him frequently. Which and, is wonderful. He says it, in the chat he, he wanted
0: it. Yeah, yeah, he he made that very clear there in the sleeper chat. Here, uh, <laughs> he's not happy with your pick, uh, but ended up with Jonathan Taylor. Not a bad pick there at the eighth position. Pretty good consolation prize. Yeah, I would say Jonathan Taylor. So, are you nervous? Am I nervous? Oh, I'm on the clock. First yeah. wide receiver went Ooh. off the board here. Now, now the, the choice comes, do I take the eighth best running back on the board at this point or sure. possibly the second wide receiver? So, of course,
1: QB is not on your radar. No, yet, no, no, no. We are both of that mentality. But Devante, our our man, Devante our Adams, is off the board for you. I don't know if he was your first overall wide receiver or not. Um, but yeah, you get the second best option at least for you.
0: Yeah. And I am going to take maybe the first best, depending on where you have them. No, nope, I'm taking Tyree kill. I love that offense. And, oh. um, and I, I, I mean, he's, he's a stud. I don't have anything really any in more in-depth analysis <laughs> about Tyree kill. It's pretty straightforward there. It's consistency
1: here, right? I mean, again, I took consistency for end. You took consistency for wide receiver. Not so coincidentally off the same team, both chiefs, because we believe these guys are it. They are set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to worry about here. Devontae, the thing you'd have to worry about, of course, is Aaron Rodgers going to be back officially. Mm-hmm. I, I still think and hope that he will be. But when you're drafting here and now without that news, you have to be ready for that. So if he doesn't suit up, oh, bye. Mm-hmm. That's going to be spicy.
0: Yep, and then uh, 11 and 12 went Cam Akers and Nick Chubb. I'm a little surprised with Cam Akers. Uh, I personally don't have him this this high. Uh, he's, he's in that probably end of that tier of next running backs for me. Definitely not a first-round pick in, in my eyes. Uh, what about you, Jake? Now, he's not for me, but reading Twitter –
1: and the ADPT leaves, This is. I don't think this is going to be unusual no. for people in this draft situation. I think seeing Akers go in the first round is actually not going to be too crazy. Um, maybe you'd get him at the turn here, so this person in the 11th spot, yeah, maybe they'd chance it and wait for the turnaround to see if you get him. But you know the deal with your guy.
0: If you want him, you got to take him right away. That's right. And especially with the way running backs are moving here, mm-hmm. y- you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and we always say, you know, draft, Draft your team. I mean, draft the guys you want to root for, who you believe in. Stick to your guns. You know, this is your team. You 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 build it however you want. You know, and it's I I, I don't have any complaints with it. As I was saying, that's just just my 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 humble opinion here. Where do you have acres? Do you think so? You're saying tier
1: base would be second, third tier. Where's you at for you?
0: Oh, now you're gonna make me pull up my uh, projections here, which I don't have pulled <laughs> up here. <laughs> You don't got to do that.
1: You don't got to do that. But I was just wondering if off the top of your head, you know, how many of these running backs behind him you would put in front. Mm -hmm. But you're on the clock now, so maybe we can uh, make that determination here. Joe Mixon comes off the board next. So this is where we get to see some interesting combos start to form. Mm -hmm. So we've got Chubb and Diggs, and now we've got Akers and Mixon. As a couple of pairs here. So you... Are in an interesting position. Wide receiver first.
0: Yeah. Do you hammer running back here? Um, I don't. Um, I just I I feel like, you know, who's next here at, in ADP? You've got Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, JK Dobbins, DeAndre Swift are the next few off the board here. And unless a bunch of players ahead of me or you know, around the turn here are gonna hammer running back again. Um mm-hmm you know, I'm going to take my chance here. I think I'm going to go tight end here. I'm going to start with the receiving guys and then kind of do a modified RB, uh, zero RB, see how it works out here going oh. into the third, uh, and take my chances and let's see how this, uh, works out. Kevin I'm,
1: Tompkins is going to be thrilled with you, by the way. He is King zero RB out there.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I am by no means zero RB. I'm just, like I said, trying something a little different. I think Kittle comes back this year. Um, uh, either with Garoppolo or Trey Lance there, I do like the situation. So I, yeah, that's
1: why I picked him. Yeah. Can I tell you something about Kittle? It's going to make you sad, but I do not consider George Kittle to be in my top tier of tight ends for this year, because I am worried about the target amounts that he's going to see there. I don't Mm -hmm. think any, anybody on that team gets more than a hundred targets this year. And that's my main question with Kittle he can obviously be efficient enough where it doesn't matter, but he's in that, like, he is the next tier by himself. But for me, it's actually Kelsey and
0: Waller and then Kittle just on the outside looking at Mm-hmm. As my projections go, I, I've currently got Kelsey and Waller 1-2 um, as I statted everything out. Uh, but I don't know. I, I like Kittle. Just something about him. Got to go with your guy, as I said. So, Jake, we're, we're getting a lot of uh, comments here in the chat um, asking what you're drinking. Do you want to refresh everyone here? You betcha. I will happily do it because I think, yeah, it's distracting, isn't it, to see this bright
1: of a green show up on your screen every now and then? This is an ecto-cooler-inspired sour beer from G5 Brewing. Basically, think of that green high C you used to drink as a child. Uh, that had the Ghostbusters theme to it. This is just a... It's a Ghostbusters beer. I think we should just shorten it that way, quite Mm -hmm.
0: frankly. Yes. All right, Jake, you're on the clock. After my pick, we had two more running backs, Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones, went off the board.
1: Yeah, now this is... Now this is weird because I could also take a zero RB approach. Of course, I took Kelsey with my first pick. So do I want to hammer one of these next up running backs or do I look for the guy who is still in that top tier of wide receiver, who's left. And really, there's only a couple at this point for me. DeAndre Hopkins is still there, and he's so disrespected every year. Part Mm -hmm. of me just wants to take—I shouldn't say every year, but like last year, this year, he's just not talked about enough. I could take him very easily. I could also still take A.J. Brown, because I still believe in A.J. Brown, even with Julio there. No, he's not the number one overall guy anymore, but he could be close. Instead— there's a name on here for running back that is sticking out to me. I would be so sad if I didn't get him because he is the cutoff for me on this list of running backs. His name is Antonio
0: Gibson, and I want him on my team. I had a feeling that's the direction you were going to go there.
1: <laughs> I know Washington, your love for him. I believe in that offense actually more, I think, than than average, uh, than the average person does this year. And Gibson was just getting his feet wet last year. I'm I'm excited. I know that the toe injury is concerning for right was a toe mm-hmm. something he had a he had a foot thing yeah it's this it's a toe. Got to me. okay <laughs> but i'm not super concerned about it because the only i i don't even remember what it is because all the injury people i follow on twitter are they're barely cautious but like basically you know don't go crazy
0: oh geez jake Been you're a lot you're, of you're, angry comments yeah, i say you're getting show. a lot of hate and discontent here at your picks uh sniping <laughs> everyone
1: that just means you're picking right. That's, That's what right. I say. If people are <laughs> mad at you, that means you're drafting correctly.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, getting back to the Cam Akers discussion from earlier, I finally have my projections pulled yeah. up. I I've currently have him <laughs> uh, statted out and projected finishing as the running back 22 on the season. Whoa. I think holy it, shit. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a split backfield than people think. That then that, again, that's just my humble thoughts right now as things set. Obviously, as we go through the offseason here and get a little bit closer to the season, as we mm-hmm. see things kind of maybe shake out in training camp, things could change, but that's where I have it currently right now. Okay. Okay. I mean, hey, you got you gotta do what you
1: what you believe in, obviously. I, I for what it's worth, I have them outside my top 12. There's this beefy next section <laughs> where mm-hmm. all these guys Akers, Swift, even maybe Dobbins, I could get in there. Aaron Jones, unfortunately, like they all fit into this this little chunky tier, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it's tough for me to peg one of them as my top guy. I'm just waiting to see who falls. Really, mm-hmm. is my strategy right now.
0: Yeah, so we've had a handful more picks here. A lot of running backs. This uh, draft strategy of mine might backfire a little bit here, um, but DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Najee Harris. DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley went off the board at 211, AJ Brown at 212, and we're into the third round here. Darren Waller going off the board. Ah, he finally went. The Waller
1: finally went. You know, there was a there is a strange and sadistic part of me that almost wanted to double up on tight ends to just take him away from everybody else. Nobody else gets to play with tight ends. Uh, but that's just really not optimal draft strategy. No, uh,
0: not, not uh, uh, you know, what considered the standard PPR uh, league uh-huh. here. That That's not something you want to do. Right.
1: It's, it's not start two tight ends. It's not even tight end flex. So that goes mm-hmm. out the window. But a- anything else? Let's look at some of these pairs that have come up again in the meantime. I'm, some of these are really, really nice pairings. Like Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift is very interesting. Mm hmm. The, the, from a PPR standpoint, especially, I'm not as big of a believer in Swift as a lot of people are, but I think that pairing is pretty great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could turn out really nice. Same with uh, Elliott and uh, CEH. I think that could be a really great combo as well.
1: Yeah, but Derek Henry and Najee Harris, block. who would even? <laughs> no, kidding, of course. I'm kidding. I, although I do have my concerns about Najee. But as long as you are putting him behind that stud like Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. then that's an easy way to counterbalance those concerns. You still can get that upside and there's
0: less risk when you have that Henry to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree. It's. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you were so distraught
1: that you had to agree with me there, that you wanted to talk your way Mm -hmm. out of it, and then you couldn't, and I take that as the ultimate sign of respect, so I appreciate that. It's it's like when the people yell at me in the chat. It's the Mm -hmm. same vibe that I get when you say that. Okay, now here's the name that I do want to call out. Well, I mean, there's a lot of action that's happened, but Miles Sanders, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, but then this guy, Dustin, Michael Thomas, comes off the board at 3.05. Mm -hmm. Is that later than you would expect,
0: on par with what you'd expect? Is that early from where you'd take him? I think that that's probably on par with where he's been going right now. Um, But I think that's going to end up being a tremendous value come the season. So that that starting lineup of Elliott, C.E.H., and Michael Thomas, oh, that could be just gold for you. I really like that start for him so far.
1: It's not bad, right? Now, Michael Mm -hmm. Thomas, as a refresher, this is a good lesson on recency bias. I'm on the clock here. So Keenan oh, Keenan Allen went off the board. I got sniped. The sniper became the snipee, and I don't like it. But I do just want to say, Michael Thomas, quick chance to refresh people. Prior to last season where he got injured, the dude never finished worse than wide receiver seven in PPR all four years prior. So, yes, I understand the quarterback situation is a little dicey, but just don't, don't sleep on the dude is all i so, look, I've, I've taken tight end. I've taken running back. I feel good about who I have. I could invest in my next wide receiver at this point, or my first wide receiver, I should say. Mm-hmm. But who? Uh, there's no names that stand out as in their own tier for me. Okay. So I, I've got guys like Julio, which I still think is going to be great. I don't know why he's this high up in ADP, but he's going to be great. Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, that's a big one. Uh, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, who I love a lot this year. There's some really great guys in this mix, mm-hmm. but are there any of them that make me stop and go like I have to get this guy on my team right now? Not really. there is one running back who I'm pretty, pretty in on this year, and spoiler alert, he's going to be a drinking buddy of mine, so I kind of just want to put him on my roster now.
0: Don't you take and my I'm guy? I'm not
1: going to risk him not coming back around. It's Chris Carson. I knew for it. Me all I knew day, it. Hey, long. <laughs> That was yeah, gonna be he, so I don't know how many <laughs> I don't know how many running backs
0: that is deep, but it feels like I he could come back around, but I don't want a chance. Oh, he wouldn't have. That was gonna be my absolute pick. 100%. percent I, I yes. I'm right there with you. Um since you, you're taking him as your drinking buddy for this year, um, I can't take him, but I am so on board with Chris Carson as well this year. Uh, hey, I, Now,
1: this is early. We haven't even officially declared these, so I feel like I don't get to just stake a
0: claim well, now just because
1: I drafted him. I mean, you know, a gentleman would concede here, but we, we could both have him as a drinking buddy, to be fair.
0: I guess. So after Chris Carson, first quarterback went off the home. Off the, home, mm. off the Mahomes, off the board, uh, in Patrick Mahomes. And then Terry McLaurin went next. So I am on the clock here. And when I am looking here at, at what's on the board, obviously tight end, I don't got to worry about until the super late rounds. Uh, I should probably look at a running back, at least with one of my two picks here coming up. Um, I want to see how committed you might be to this zero RB approach. I didn't know. I I think I'm going to take a running back here and just looking. I mean, J.K. Dobbins is still out there. I mean, you know, it's a run first offense. He's going to get the touches. He's most likely going to get a lot of touchdowns. Um, You know, I'll take my chance with him. Uh, at the end of the third round, that he could potentially end up as an RB1. I don't know that he'll necessarily end up there, but, I mean, the potential is there for that to happen. Uh, so that's who I'm going to take.
1: I dig it. I, I dig it. Um, what it's worth, like I said, Dobbins is part of that mix for me with Acres and Swift, so I, I totally get it. I like Carson more Mm -hmm. now if so but if Carson was there you would take Carson over Dobbins yes but let's just say hypothetically you took Carson and Dobbins had made his way back around
0: would you double up in a situation like that I probably I probably would have get at least two solid RB2s um, with potential Mm -hmm. that they could be RB1s I mean if Chris Carson stays healthy and he gets those goal line touches he, he very well could end up being a low-end RB1. That's not out of the range of possibilities here for, for that guy. Uh, and same with J.K. Dobbins. Like he has that in him to be an RB1. So um, getting him that late, I really like. Yeah, worth noting, by the way, Rashad Penny already
1: having injury concerns this early in the offseason, mm-hmm. had some more cleanup done. Pete Carroll's come out and talked about it only in the way that Pete Carroll does, which is to say really nothing about it. But it's already concerning. Penny behind Carson in the depth chart looks like could be thinning out early at this point. Uh, Ooh, Kyle Pitts Mm -hmm. off the board, by the way, right after your J.K. Dobbins selection. I love it. I I Honestly, I love to see it. If, If you want to go outside of my sure two top things, which again, I consider would be Kelsey and Waller, There's no competition for Pitts that is scary in terms of how often Atlanta throws the ball. They throw it like 550 times every year. How many of those are going to go to to Kyle Pitts? Probably like half. I'm just going (laughs) to say
0: now. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to get such a major uptick now that Julio is gone, and I don't think I've uh, adjusted my my projections quite enough to reflect that. Um, I did my projections on the fly, but I really think he is going to – uh just eat this year it's uh it's crazy absolutely so after him Josh Allen goes then David Montgomery
1: at the turn Allen Robinson right after that and now Dustin you are back on the clock so you've got mm-hmm. one of each mm-hmm. you've got one of of all of the big uh positions except for quarterback of course and I don't know if that's even on your radar right now two QBs down what's your thought process here
0: Oh, I, I don't know about these running backs. I'm running short on time here. Um, I would love to take another running back here. Cause I, I love the wide receivers. Although I feel like with the teams sure. that are coming up here that have two running backs already, there's probably going to be a run on that. So maybe I do go wide receiver at this point. Um, we got Evans, Godwin Cooper. Um, who do I want out of that group? Uh, um, you know what? I think I'm going to take Cooper. I'm taking them. Amari Frickin'
1: Cooper. I love it. I love it. This is a good time for me to brag about a trade that I made in a recent uh, (laughs) Dynasty League because in our rookie draft, I had the 104 and somebody traded me the 107 plus Amari Cooper for my 104 and I was more than happy to oblige Dustin. I did not send that offer. I simply accepted, accepted it. It was working through me.
0: Uh, And I just, I let it happen. And it felt good. Nice. So a question in the chat here uh, from Tio's girlfriend, six, uh, asking me which wide receiver um, would I have as a drinking buddy? Um, Haven't really thought about it too much, but I would say uh, for, it's probably going to be Debo Samuel at this point. Uh, I. Mm. I, I am really high on him. He was injured last season. Um, and I know everyone's on the IUC train and he looked amazing last year. Like, don't get me wrong. Really liked what I saw out of him. But uh, we have to remember, he was really the only show in town there with Kittle and Debo being injured for good chunks of the season. Um, so I think uh, Debo is going to rebound this year and have a really nice season. And where people are taking him right now in drafts, it's going to be a steal. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so Jake, you're on the board here. You got about a minute left.
1: Yeah, I'm really weighing some options here. Now I, I'm debating going zero wide
0: receiver
1: here, basically. And all that means, by the way, I'm just pushing this back. It's not true. Like I'm not going to draft anybody until round 13, but I just mean, I'm pushing that position back right now because I'm looking at two running backs that I would really like to have here. And then another teardrop. And do I want to wait for that? and see if it comes back around. They might. A lot of folks have running backs here, but I don't really want to do it. Instead, I have a little bit of security at running back, and now I just want to punch it again with somebody who's a little bit more the stab in the dark. But it's... Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Nice. Running back. Denver Broncos. uh, Rookie running back. The report's coming out. Maybe I'm victim to coach speak here, but it seems like he's going to be the starter basically from the get-go. Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon, more of the secondary option there. So, look, I want to do it. Uh, I could have went Travis Etienne, but that involves trusting Urban Meyer's coaching a little bit more than I'm confident in right now. So I went the other way.
0: Yeah, I like that pick. Um especially if he does end up starting the season again, that could be a real value pick um, considering he could get uh, the bulk of the workload there in that offense in the backfield. So I like that. Right. I, uh, I thank you.
1: Thank you for complimenting my draft strategy here. Now what's intimidating though, is I look down this, this list, so I've got Kelsey Gibson, Carson Williams. Yep. One position locked up two position locked up by way of having three of them. And now I'm going to have to assess some things, obviously. But I'm still confident in the number of of top flight wide receivers that mm-hmm. should hopefully make their way around this turn. And I can make at least one of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, the depth at the position is so much this year that I'm not worried. Like I would be in previous years. Previous years, I think I'd be getting a little on edge at this point. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about your roster so far, Dustin?
0: Uh, too soon to tell? Um, no, I've got two um, potential wide receiver ones. Um in in two very high-flying offenses, which I love. And then George Kittle, assuming health, obviously. um, He's going to be, you know, top four tight end for sure. I mean, without a doubt. And then Dobbins, like I said, he has the potential to be an RB1. Right now, my team is sitting on a lot of potential. (laughs) If everything breaks right for the season, (laughs) uh, so far my team looks amazing.
1: (laughs) I think your first two picks have more than just potential, but you're right. After that, yeah, it's... uh... It sucks. I don't know if it's the same for you. Maybe it's just because we're not close enough to redraft season yet, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of clouds. There's a mm-hmm. lot of things hanging over. They're like, it's muddy. It's murkier than I want it to be right now. And it just means that I'm going to have to do a little bit more deep dive in here in the next, next couple of weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then two more picks, Julio finally going off the board at, at the four seven, which I think is going to be an absolute steal. Uh, I mean, Julio is still Julio, regardless if he's, what, 31, 32. Um, He's still going to do Julio things. Then DJ Moore, Cooper Cup uh, just went off the board here. Um, The disrespect of Cooper Cup going before Bobby Trees. I don't know how I feel about that. What about you, Jake? I love it. Oh, because I it, love it because it's, it's that means for there's you. a chance that Robert <laughs> makes
1: his way back around as an actual uh, tiered hierarchy system. No, I, I 100% ro- want Robert Woods. I think top 12 is very much within his range of outcomes mm-hmm. pretty easily. I don't feel the same about Cup. Oh, and there goes Robert Woods. I spoke too soon. Flavorize right. this. Why would you do this to me? Uh, <laughs> I was trying to make a, a magic happen here later on. But the thing is with Matt Stafford, you do have to wonder. Maybe his his targeting tendencies are just different enough than Jared Goff's. And, and then maybe Cooper Cup does become his guy. Mm-hmm. I'm personally still banking on Woods.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that turn right there for Flavorize This of uh, Robert Woods and CeeDee Lamb. That is a great, uh, great turn there at the 4-5. And getting C.D. Lamb at the beginning of the fifth, like that, just feels like stealing at this point. That's huge. That's huge. What what would you say is the gap
1: between Cooper and Lamb for this year? As the person who,
0: um, I've actually got them um, drafted. Cooper. Do you I, think it's going to be wide receiver situation? I, I've got them thirteen and fourteen in my projections overall for wide receivers right now. So they are they are right neck and neck. I mean from what we saw with that offense last year uh before Dak got hurt I have nothing but confidence that that's going to continue this year and they're both just studs. I mean I I knew early on for many many moons I like to bag on Amari Cooper for being inconsistent uh, but I'm over sure that. Did. I've moved on. <laughs> All wide receivers have inconsistencies and and I I'm turned the corner on him and he's he's one of my friends now so uh proud of you thanks uh (laughs) can i call out our chat uh so
1: on sleeper our chat which you Mm -hmm. can see right up here on the screen which is nice by the way nice feature to be able to broadcast that uh i just want to call out a couple of the beverages in the chat because this is really fun there's one from pigeon hill brewing company called oatmeal cream pie sir how good does that sound
0: i mean let just
1: talk about yes from uh, Muskegon. Muskegon zone, Muskegon. Muskegon. Mus- there's no you, Muskegon. I don't know, but it sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. That <laughs> and then we've got uh, an agave IPA, which I know you're not big on the IPAs, but that little bit of sweetness mm-hmm. in there, that yeah. might be good. Huh? Yeah, that sounds tasty. All right. Uh, anyway, okay. so uh, Miles Gaskin goes, but Odell Beckham went here. What do you think? That's that's a shocker to me, actually.
0: I wanted to get him later. Uh, I, th- I feel like it's a little bit early for me. Uh, just considering you look at some of the names that are still on the board here, you've got Thielen, uh, Jamar Chase, Kenny Galladay, uh, Tyler Lockett. I mean, you've got some big names on here yet. Um, not that I necessarily hate it. It's just a little early for me. I do think he's going to rebound this season and and have um, a better season than what we've seen out of him the last couple seasons, uh, you know, returning from injuries. So, uh, again, he could be one of those players that you just take a chance on now and, uh, really pays off later on. Uh, had a couple more quarterbacks go off the board here early, uh, with Lamar Jackson and Kyler, Miles. Gaskin finally went off the board, Thielen went off the board and Jake, you are up.
1: I am. So here's, here's my situation as it stands. One tight end, three running backs, Robert Woods did not make his way back. Neither did C.D. Lamb. Two guys that I would love, love, love to have as my wide receiver ones. And now, Dustin, can I tell you? Mm-hmm. There's nobody sticking out on this next list where I'm like, okay, well, you're the guy that I have to take here. Right. There's, there's a lot of teammates in this situation. Now, I, I realize as I'm saying this live on air that some folks might go ahead and use this against me. That's okay. For the sake of the exercise, I do want to call out, you know, Jamar Chase is there. Well, that's great, but so is T. Higgins a little bit later, Mm -hmm. right? We've got Deontay Johnson still there, along with his teammates, Juju, and uh, Chase Claypool. So, you know, am I forced into thinking I have to take any of these? No, because I think those offenses are going to supply multiple, you know, top 24 to 30 range wide receivers at least, or at worst, I should say. Mm -hmm. So I think I might hit another running back. And really just say, all right, I don't have to worry about any other running backs the rest of the way. If I can get this guy, who I'm actually shocked has fallen this far, but it's Kareem Hunt. Seems like this is the perfect spot to take a guy like that. Mm -hmm. When I have that, everything's locked up. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing but upside with Hunt. Even if Nick Chubb plays 16 games, Kareem Hunt's going to be very, very usable. Flex play at worst... But if Nick Chubb is injured for any amount of time, you have a running back one Mm -hmm. ready to go. Easy.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Daddy's home to Cortland Sutton. And I love that pick, especially late in the fifth round here. Uh, Just just perennially just disrespected here. I think people forget about him because he was – injured most of last season and uh, he's the obvious number one in that offense I think he's going to have a great season I love that pick there and then right before my pick Dak Prescott goes off the board so I'm up here and I've got a couple wide receivers running back and a tight end so we look at the running backs I don't feel great about any of these here. You've got James Robinson, Melvin Gordon, Fournette, Mostert, Chase Edmonds. It's it's kind of that just gross area of the draft where it's like, I don't want to take one. Sure. Um, and then looking at what we've got here for tight ends, some questions. You know, Would you I,
1: double up a tight end at this point?
0: No. Oh, Would absolutely not. No, 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 not with, with no premium. There's no reason to take a second one when I've got no. Kittle, uh, unless I really didn't think he was going to stay healthy this year and wanted some insurance. But other than that, um, uh, no. So I think I will end up taking, um, and it kind of hurts to say this, Kenny Galladay here with this pick. Um, hey Amen. He is the alpha in that offense. Uh, they're getting Saquon back. Evan Ingram should be healthy. Offensive line is slightly better than it was. I, I mean, they're giving Daniel Jones all the tools to succeed, and he's going to be targeted in that offense. So I'll take the guy that that, that should get the bulk of the targets there and, and hope for the best. Yeah, it's unfortunate with Galladay because – Obviously a lot of potential, and we've
1: seen really good and really big flashes out of Gallaudet. Mm-hmm. It always makes me nervous, wide receivers changing teams, and you expect a little bit of a natural downtick. Lester Stephon Diggs, you know, or DeAndre Hopkins from last year, but that is really the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. So that makes me nervous. Um, but in terms of having him as your wide receiver two, though, I think you can feel that confidence. That's why I didn't want to take him as my wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. And that's why roster construction is it's important in redraft. I mean, it's not everything, and you don't have to just draft for need, 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 need necessarily. Um, but obviously, you're not dealing with as, as big of a timeline to trade and that kind of thing. So I, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Now, Jamar Chase goes off the board after you. And then TJ mm-hmm. Hawkinson, a lot of folks do consider Hawkinson to be in that upper echelon of tight mm-hmm. ends for this year. That sort mm-hmm. of top tier so I appreciate and understand if somebody wants to take him there. Well, and especially in the fifth Higgins. round. Yeah. Yeah, back of the of fifth. I mean, that's that's pretty late. You know, mm-hmm. now at this point, this is where, I, personally, I would stay as far away from tight end as possible until the very end. That's just my strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then T. Higgins, so Chase and Higgins both off the board, unfortunately. Now Tyler Lockett goes off the board after that. Talk about an upside play. That team's wide receiver three is Tyler Lockett. That's ideal. Mm -hmm. To have
0: him as your wide receiver three is ideal. Mm -hmm. And now you're on the board. And I am on the board, and I think I'm still going to keep hammering wide receiver here. Uh, I just, like I said, this is kind of a running back dead zone, and I I hate to get on the the clicky train of of hearing that, uh, because I've heard it Mm -hmm. all over Twitter lately, but I do believe it's true. Uh, Like I said, it's very gross right now. And then, you know, just going through my projections and taking a look what's here. Got to go with what my my projections say. And I'm running out of time. I am going to take Deontay Johnson. Uh You son of a bitch.
1: You absolute son of a bitch. All right. Well, again, the sniper has become the snipey and it doesn't feel great, I'll say. (laughs) But the good news is... There's still a Pittsburgh teammate there who I would be interesting in having. Mm-hmm. So we got two picks from yours to get to mine, and we'll see if maybe I can make that work. Uh, otherwise, I'll have to go an alternate route here. But I hope you get sniped. I- I'm <laughs> I'm actually pleasantly surprised about how this mock is going so far in terms of really significant runs. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we've had those, aside from that first couple of rounds where running backs were hit. Really which, heavily,
0: Which is pretty typical for a one QB league. Like, running backs tend to go off the board right away. That's not surprising.
1: But I've, to this point, not felt super stressed out about any runs, you know, happening, feeling like I am mm-hmm. forced onto that train if I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, that's the benefit, of, again, of being in the middle of the draft, is it's easier to navigate. But you, again, at the 10 spot, have you felt that
0: pressure at all? I did a little bit there with the Dobbins pick. Um, At the end of the third there, just because I just wanted to make sure I got a running back. uh, And and I thought he was the best option there. Uh, So after my pick, James Robinson finally goes off the board and then Brandon Ayuk. And it's back to you, Jake. Now, hypothetically,
1: I could go with that wide receiver teammate that I was talking about here. (laughs) Or I could make things more interesting. Uh, now, I'm not going to take another running back here. Oh, Big Even earn Even for the sake of exercise, that's just not.
0: I'll say Big earn no. in the uh, chat says you should take another running back.
1: That That's silliness. <laughs> I, I want to respect the mock draft here. Obviously, this is a strategy to load up on running backs that early. I don't think it makes a lot of sense here. Although, if I were going to, there is one guy on the board yet that I'm surprised hasn't come off. Uh, and when he finally comes up, I will talk about him. But for right now, I'm going to switch it up. I never do this. I never go quarterback this early, Dustin. Never. I am round 10 and beyond for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know this from our mm-hmm. home leagues. But this guy's sitting here and I want it. I need it. His hair's grown back. Justin Herbert. Oh. Welcome to the squad.
0: I thought it was going to be Russell yeah. Talent whistling. No. No. Don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know my aversion to doing that, anyways. I know. Uh, no, I I am nervous about. I, I still don't know what what Seattle plans to do this year. I don't know that they are going to be a pass heavy team. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think they are, and that's why Chris Carson. That's why I took him. I'm expecting him to be more of a focal point in this offense. And Russ is going to have huge games. Mm-hmm. It's just what what's what's he going to be allowed? It's going to be allowed to do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So now. We've got some teams here that also don't have quarterbacks coming up, and I wonder if anybody's going to be feeling that itch now to take the Russell, to take... I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a very dicey proposition at this point. Mm -hmm. Very much so. He's there, but he's there. We'll we'll see if, if anybody decides to go that route. Melvin Gordon comes off the board after Justin Herbert. Uh, DJ Chark after that. DJ Chark's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Dustin, are you buying into the wide receivers in Jacksonville for this year?
0: Yeah, and I almost took Chark over Deontay Johnson. I'll be honest. I've got them right next to each other in my projections. And I really like Chark. I've been a believer in him uh, since before his second-year breakout. Um, I, I was calling on that and banging that drum. And I've been a big fan of his since then. The new coaching staff worries me a little bit, but uh, he's proven even with garbage quarterbacks that he can produce. So I do really like him. And I think he's still going to be uh, a, a very good player for this next season. Right on. And now oh, there's the teammate that I was
1: considering from Pittsburgh, taking chase Claypool. I mean, in terms of upside it's uh, you know, him and Tyler Lockett in this round, make mm-hmm. all the, all the sense in the world to me mm-hmm. again, that team that took Claypool, had two other wide receivers to work with there. So that's all gravy
0: mm-hmm. at that point. Yep. And then we've got James Conner went off the board, Mark Andrews at the end of the six, which I think is really great value. And then the one player I was looking at here for the next round, Mike Davis went off at the six twelve. Um, Bingo was, Bongo. That's the running back. I was surprised hadn't gone off. The I board. was, I was kind of hoping that he was going to stick around and make it, uh, uh, to my pick here in the seventh, which I would have been thrilled about being able to get him. So, um, now that I've got some time here to think about, um, you know, after getting sniped there, if you can call it getting sniped, uh, half around early, um, yeah, I, can... I don't know <laughs> if it qualifies, but we can, it's a theme here. Let, let's just say that it's, it's a sniping. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, Mike Davis, I mean, in that offense, in the Atlanta office, again, with Julio gone, I'm not expecting such a dramatic step back. Mm -hmm. They they were without Julio for a significant part of last year. They now have Kyle Pitts stepping into there. Not saying he's going to blow up from week one, but obviously that helps a little bit. So Mike Davis, like that offense and that offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, who was with Tennessee during the great Derrick Henry years. Mm -hmm. Not to equate Mike Davis and Derrick Henry, but I kind of just did. But no, really, whoever was going to take the reins in Atlanta, I did want that that piece of the backfield. Uh, I wasn't going to take him there because, again, that would be running back five for me, (laughs) and that would be obnoxious. (laughs) Makes me wish I had not taken Kareem Hunt, though, there, because I think coming back around one more time to get Mike Davis, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd be very comfortable with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then seventh round, Russell Wilson starts the seventh. And then Juju, the third Pittsburgh wide receiver off the board, and LaViscus Chenault. I can I
1: tell you, I'm nervous about Visca more than the average B is, and all we've seen right now is the the glowing camp re- reports. I mean, really, every day it does seem like there's something in there where oh. It it seems like it's Chenault's offense now, you know, and basically Mm -hmm. uh, the concern was Travis Etienne gets drafted there to maybe do the same thing that Mm -hmm. Chenault was already in place to do. And with Urban Meyer, new coaching staff, you think, well, maybe he's going to, maybe Viska is going to be an afterthought now because Mm -hmm. of how that draft went down. But it's seeming like it's not going to based on camp reports. But again, I can't trust the coaching. And that's why it makes me so nervous to invest in a player like that. Obviously, in the seventh round, it's not a huge risk, but. Something to think about.
0: Yep, absolutely. So Devonta Smith goes off the board next. Um, What do you feel about uh, Devonta there? Is he going to be the main guy? I know they uh, picked up Rager last year, um, who was kind of injured. The offense kind of sputtered with Carson Wentz there. The offensive line was really beat up. Uh, are Are you expecting him to perform this year, Jake? Yeah. The, the thing with him, and we always talk ad
1: nauseum, we are not rookie evaluators here. That's not what we do. But at this point in the off season, and after listening to people that I do trust to evaluate that talent, Devante Smith is an exceptional, exceptional, exceptional athlete, an exceptional prospect to come out. The main knock is he's a thin guy. He's a real lanky guy, like me, like I can relate. And I want this guy to do well because I, I relate to that. But it is like It's not an outlier for him to do very well. It's just you have to worry about that one thing. I I guess it's two things. I guess if you don't trust Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, then you're concerned. Mm -hmm. I am not super concerned about Jalen Hurts. I I think he'll be fine. And I think Devontae Smith will be good this year. I don't know if it'll happen right away. And I don't know if it'll be this earth-shattering season that some people would want. Yeah, I think he'll be great. Mm -hmm. Will he be as good as Jerry Judy, who was drafted? next Uh, i don't know i like judy a lot this year Mm -hmm. but you're big on sutton obviously so mike took sutton in round five and now judy goes in round seven Mm -hmm. is that gap reasonable do you think that gap should be
0: closer i think it's pretty reasonable i think judy is going to have a very solid season this year um i mean when you look at the amount of catchable balls he had last year or catchable passes, it was something like, uh, I don't remember the exact step. It was something like in, in like 58% or something of the balls thrown his way were catchable. Uh, that's just terrible QB work there. Um, that should increase this year. And then he was also facing number one corners, uh, with Sutton being out. So, uh, he should get the, the second cornerback at minimum, uh, going against him which will help so i really um i i really like him i think he's gonna have a very solid season catch these balls sorry as soon as you said catchable balls
1: that's the only thing that flew into my (laughs) dumb dumb head now i'm on the clock here after debo our guy debo goes Mm -hmm. uh, right before this and that is rough but luckily, I have the ultimate consolation prize waiting for me, Dustin, with my first wide-receiving pick in this draft. taken the evergreen Brandon Cooks, who does nothing but po- post amazing season after mm-hmm. amazing season. And he gets disrespected consistently. I hate it. I hate that I got him here. I mean, I love that I got him here. I hate that I had to get him this late mm-hmm. because it means that the disrespect is still real. I think the concern is just quarterback situation in Houston. Who's thrown to him? So Sean Watson, pretty not likely. Tyrod Taylor could obviously be the guy. Davis Mills, I don't care. He's done nothing every year except for that one concussion year. (laughs) Except produce, produce, produce. I'm willing to take that discount this late. And Mm -hmm. then Jarvis Landry right after him. And Michael Carter, rookie running back for the Jets after him. I do like that pick, actually.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I should go running back here since I only have one, uh, but I still don't like any of these running backs really uh, in this area. I just, I mean, Leonard Fournette, I think has some upside, but I don't know how much I trust that he will be the guy in that offense. Uh, Mostert, again, I don't know with that shared backfield. Edmonds, he's going to be the receiving back, but do I take him just solely for the receiving upside kind of the same with Kenny and Drake. I think he's going to be the receiving compliment out of that backfield with uh Jacobs there, David Johnson. I want nothing to do with that backfield just because it is so muddled right now. Um, mm. yeah, I don't really like any of these choices. Um, and I've got plenty of wide receivers, although there is a bunch that I really do like yet in this range. So maybe I can take one on the turn. Um, I guess I will go for the receiving upside here and take Chase Edmonds, even though I don't feel great about it. I would actually feel amazing
1: about that. At this spot in the draft, Chase Edmonds, his his upside, because it doesn't matter how much work he really gets. We saw what he did last year, which was like RB 20-ish, I want to say, and he did not get much work. He was not a workhorse, and he's not going to be a workhorse Mm -hmm. this year, and he doesn't need to be, and that's what's great about having a guy like that. He, to me, is what James White used to be right now. Like Chase Edmonds, you can get him right now, and he's never the sexy pick, and that's fine, but he's going to produce with those catches, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will Fuller, off the board after your guy Edmonds, Mm -hmm. followed by Raheem Mostert, Jalen Waddle at the turn there. And then Trey Sermon. So we had two San Fran running backs go almost back to back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really just as most are going to be healthy as the starter or mm-hmm. is the rookie Trey Sermon coming out hot to take the job. Uh, and then explain this pick. Cause I love it. It's a beauty.
0: Oh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, I think he is the forgotten man in this offense. And I really like him. He's done nothing but produce in this first few seasons, two seasons in the league. Uh, And I think he's a forgotten man. He's going to be working out of his normal position, out of the slot. And that's where he's going to be featured. And he's just going to get target after target there in the slot um, where Chase and Higgins are going to be the more deep ball guys that have to go downfield. And Tyler Boyd's just going to be targeted. They don't have a tight end to speak of. Don't give me any of that crap about uh, Drew Sample or... um,
1: It's Uzama season, Uzama
0: season. Don't give me any of that crap. It's not going to happen. He's essentially their tight end. He's going to get all the underneath work, and he's just going to be peppered with targets. Um, Really safe floor every week, and then he's got that upside um, to really have those breakout weeks as well. So I love that there in the eighth round.
1: I dig it. Damien Harris goes right after. Jury's still out for me on the New England backfield, but Mm -hmm. at this stage in the game, and Harris has been touted as the guy by all these training camp reports. So, again, I don't hate that in terms of adding depth. Mike is on the clock. Daddy's home is going to bring it home. Now, he went three wide receivers in the previous three rounds, and he adds to it Mm -hmm. with yet another. So Sutton, Ayuk, Landry, and now Curtis Samuel. Can we just show some appreciation for Curtis mm-hmm. here, Dustin? Because look, I know Terry McLaurin's big deal, right? Well, let's say Ryan Fitzpatrick decides that he wants to hyper target Curtis Samuel. Um who is an amazing uh, talent in his own right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you can see a lot of blow up games there.
0: Yeah, and I actually thought Somehow. about taking Samuel over Boyd with, with my pick. Um just yeah. I like Boyd a little bit better. Uh so yeah, I don't I like I like that pick there. Uh um, for Mike, I do too. Now it, to me, yeah, Boyd versus Samuel seems a
1: little bit more, uh, floor versus ceiling argument. And mm-hmm. it just depends where you are with your roster at this point in the draft and what you feel comfortable with. If you swing it for the fences, I do think Samuel would be that guy. If you need that assuredness and after taking Kenny, Kenny Galladay, you might feel that way, um, of wanting Tyler Boyd here. So totally get that. Now I have cooks as my only receiver and I'm back on the clock. At this point, it would be foolish to ignore some of the quality at wide receiver that is still here. Uh, and I do want to emphasize, this is as deep as I remember a wide receiving group being mm-hmm. in a draft since I started playing fantasy football. So that's why I feel comfortable doing what I'm doing right now, which is getting back on the Robbie Anderson train, Dustin. I'm here. I, I hop back on the caboose, and now I'm riding this thing wherever it takes me. <laughs> I'm committed. But in Carolina, just talked about Curtis Samuel, who is now gone. So, yes, they've they've definitely added some pieces there in the draft. But Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore should be the guys. And Sam Darnold is Robbie Anderson's quarterback again. Mm-hmm. I like that connection. Uh, I like what they have with Matt Rule. I like everything lining up there. It's risky, though. I have Cooks and Anderson as my two wide receivers right now. That is risky.
0: It is, but uh, that's okay. Lots of upside, though, with those two players. So if they hit, live, live dangerously. That's right. And then uh, playoff Lenny finally went off the board here in the middle of the eighth round. Again, we kind of (laughs) talked about that earlier. Um, Not really... uh, not really sure how that's going to pan out, although in the eighth round here, I, I don't think that's a bad pick just for the potential upside you have. Uh, if he does get featured and does get the rock, um, could turn into a solid running back for you that you get relatively cheaply. Then J- Jalen Hurts goes off the board, um, what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts, Jake? He's so exciting for the upside this year, Mm -hmm. and he's so
1: terrifying for the downside this year (laughs) that in a situation like this, in a 1QB league, it's where I don't really feel comfortable with him as my quarterback. But, I, you know, it is round Mm 9. I mean, at this point, you're not going to be out too much if he doesn't hit. right? But I think his upside is easily top Mm 8. His rushing ability, the weapons that he has there, whether he can utilize them or not, which he did in a short spurt that he got to start last year at the Eagles, even with that decimated group he was working with. He did great. He did, but yeah, it's still very much a high-risk, high-reward type of draft pick for me. If this was super flex, I would be doing everything I could to get him as my quarterback, too, mm-hmm. I think. Or taking him as my first guy and then playing a safer option underneath of him. You right. know, pairing him with Tom Brady or something would be
0: fantastic in Superflex, but here we are, one QB. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Kirk Cousins, maybe, that kind of range of of QB as your number two.
1: Ew, I said I wanted to pair him with a safer option, not a gross option, (laughs) Dustin.
0: Gross Uh, and safe can be the same thing.
1: I know, and everybody shits on Kirk, and he really doesn't deserve it. It's just fun. Mm
0: -hmm. It's just so, so fun. Well, especially as Um, Packer fans, we love to shit on the Vikings, so, uh, yeah, it's one of our favorite pastimes. (laughs) It is. It it fills
1: up the hot days mm-hmm. here. Um, and now, so Fournette and Jones, again, one pick betwixt them. Uh, so that Tampa Bay backfield is one that I am personally choosing to stay away from for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's, I'd have to go even later than this, personally. That's just my preference. I don't trust either of those guys, which is a bummer because neither are bad players. And both are going to have very usable weeks. Mm-hmm. It's just... Uh, I, want to, I don't want to do it. I want to do it. Zach Moss going right after. So here's a little bit of a potential running back run for whatever is mm-hmm. left here. And, yep, that's the definition of whatever is left here, David yeah, Johnson. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know you said you didn't want anything to do with Houston's backfield. What'd but you if, you,
0: if you had to select someone, I suppose that's going to be him. But I still don't like it.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of guys that are still left on the board for running backs that, that I personally would want to be chasing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, this might be a roster construction move. Like Zach Moss, taking him in the ninth, that's, hey, he's probably never going to have a running back one week, but you'll probably get solid, consistent, flex-ish production mm-hmm. every week. Yep. So a plug-and-play guy, that's that's fine. Yep. Yeah. Um, But once we get to these two names that haven't come off the board, I'm Mm -hmm. very excited to dive into them.
0: So what else has happened? Yeah. So after David Johnson, uh, Dallas Goddard went off the board at the end of the eighth. Then Matthew Stafford, Devontae Parker, Noah Fant went at the 9-3, which I think is going to be tremendous value uh, come season here. Like that seems criminal that he's going that late. And then Tom Brady uh, going off the board here early in the ninth. I respect that. Um, as much as I
1: also like to hate Tom Brady, mm-hmm. uh, at the ninth round for that offense, knowing what he did last, last year, mm-hmm. I'm tired of betting against him with the age cliff thing. It just hasn't worked out for me to this point. So why, why continue to do that? Saying that this is the year that he's going to drop off. Cause mm-hmm. I'm finally on board with Tom Brady. So this is where the wall hits. Sorry to whoever just drafted. Tom. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Good thing. This is just a mock draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I do want to call out. We had our first quarterback pairing happen of the draft to this point, Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford paired up now. Now, yes, this is a one quarterback league, but obviously it's nice to have options mm-hmm. and you need bi-week fill-ins. So what do you think about the Wilson and Stafford duo there?
0: I like it. I think, um, I, Stafford was probably someone I was going to target here in the 10th or 11th round, uh, It's getting close to the point where I'm going to select a quarterback. So um, he was definitely someone I was going to be looking at. Um, I think he's going to have a great season and really flourish in that uh, McVay offense. Uh, And it's just wheels up for uh, that entire offense for me. You are one of three teams that
1: are holding out at quarterback to this point. Like I said, typically I'd be right there with you. Uh, Not the case this this go-round. So one of those just used his last pick on Antonio Brown. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this
0: pick? Uh, Hey, if he plays all season and uh, Tom Brady still uh, really likes him, could be a sneaky pick here in the ninth and get some good return on it. I personally, uh, I'm not a big Antonio Brown fan, but um, especially at this point in his career, and and with, you know, Evans and Godwin being ahead of him. But um, like I said, it's got that upside. Oh, the upside is 100% there. And assuming that either of the guys
1: up on that depth chart this Mm -hmm. time, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, suppose they miss some time, then this is going to look like a a screaming value. I I hate to just say that about injury because it can happen to anybody, but, but it is true, especially in an offense like this, that thrives so much with the passing attack. And obviously Tom Brady has rapport there enough uh, to make him very, very usable. I'm on the clock and I got like 20 seconds left and I hate my options right now. I'll be honest, uh, but I am going to take a wide receiver here and it's it's not pretty. It's not what I would prefer to do. And I'm hitting that upside button again with Mike Mm -hmm. Williams on the Chargers and fun little boost. I get a stack now. I get the Justin Herbert, Mike Williams stack. He looks great. Mike Williams has always flashed and always Mm -hmm. looked great. He's just never been able to put it together for a full season. Injuries have done that to him. Um, But I I like it at this stage.
0: Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, You know, I I believe he's playing for a contract this year. This is the last year of his uh, rookie contract. I think they picked up his fifth year option, if I'm remembering correctly. So, I mean, he is playing for a new deal out there with. With another team. So I don't hate that at all. And, yeah, he's going to have those blow-up weeks where it's a tremendous, tremendous upside. So after Mike Williams, Michael Pittman and Corey Davis went off the board. Uh, I have someone I'm looking at here, and I don't know... I'm sure he'll make it back, but I don't want to take this chance. And there's still plenty of wide receivers out there I would take at this point. Um, Interesting. Okay. So I'm going to go running back to try to get my my third running back here. Uh, and I am going to take, where is he? Right there. Naheem Hines. Hey. In the ninth round. I think um, he is the receiving back there. I know Jonathan Taylor, he can receive the ball. Uh, but Naheem Hines is very much involved with that offense. I know it was check down uh, Phillip Rivers there, but I think Hines is still going to have a a fairly significant role, and and I I love getting those PPR backs, especially this late in the draft. Hey, Carson Wentz
1: is not averse to checking down to his running backs himself, so Mm -hmm. it's not as if that's going to disappear from the offense entirely. Uh, Yeah, it's probably not going to happen as much as it did with old Grandpa Phil there, but uh I, I I like the pick. I like the upside. It's not one of the running backs I was gonna mention though, uh, and do a deep dive on when they came off the board. No. So stay tuned for that, uh, listeners. But um I at this point in the draft, I kind of want to ask two. So if you've locked up, presumably your starting lineup by this by this round mm-hmm. or close to it, let's right. say you don't have a quarterback yet, but you have the rest of your starting lineup secured. Mm -hmm. Is there a strategy that you take from here on out? Do you do best player available from here on out?
0: Does anything change for you? Um, Really at this point, and I still have to take a quarterback, but I'm going with players that I feel like have a path to relevance and not just necessarily boom weeks. Um, I I, I like players like this next player I'm going to take here. uh, I'm going back to a wide receiver, and um, I think he's got a real – Path to relevance, and I think he can have a really good season, and that's Darnell Mooney, uh, there in Chicago with Justin Fields. Um, I think he's gonna be the wide receiver two on that offense, and that's gonna score some points. Uh the wide receiver two in almost any offense is gonna give you relatively consistent fantasy production. And and I really like that. Uh ah, big Bob Tanian went off right after Mooney, and then the Gus Bus. Yep, and then you took Marvin Jones. I sure frickin' did, man. Look, if, if
1: I want to, if I have to put myself into the Urban Meyer coaching sphere for one of these draft picks, I want the one who's going to be latest on down the road. And obviously, Marvin Jones, he's one of those other underrated guys. I feel like that's the theme of my draft right now. It's just these underrated receivers that never get the love they deserve. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Marvin Jones has those huge bang weeks. He he to me is pretty parallel to Tyler Lockett, who is always gonna go so much higher up in drafts. That's why I'd rather hang back and take a guy like Marvin Jones. You know, wide receiver, let's say 15 to 20, again, totally in his scout his mm-hmm. scope of outcomes. Is it likely? I mean, uh eh, maybe not.
0: But uh I'll chase that in the 10th round.
1: Mm-hmm. For
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah, and at this point it's like go get your players. I mean, especially now. It's like take the guys you think have good upside. Uh, or like I said uh, a couple minutes ago, potential for that path to relevance. So after your pick of Marvin Jones, we've got Ryan Tannehill, Devin Singletary, the quad man himself, A.J. Dillon, and J.D. McKissick all off the board. Dillon is one of those guys I wanted to talk about. Here. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so talk call up, me the Packer
1: homer. I don't <laughs> care. I'll, I'll embrace that role here. Uh, yeah, A.J. Dillon steps into the situation that Jamal Williams was in for the last couple of years, and Jamal Williams was always the underappreciated running back, that RB3 level guy that nobody cared to take unless basically you're a Packers fan. Does he have the pass-catching versatility that Williams did? Maybe not, but I think we did see Dillon can catch the ball. It's just He's not going to get force fed with mm-hmm. Aaron Jones there, but let's say hypothetically Aaron Rodgers doesn't play this year. Do we think they lean on that running game? Yeah. When you have a second mm-hmm. round running back drafted a year prior and Aaron Jones. Yeah. I think you lean on that running game. So at this stage, that's a really great pick.
0: Yep. And the limited, uh, playing time that AJ Dylan saw last year, uh, he did flash. So, I mean, he showed he has, has the talent there. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't hate that pick, especially this late in the draft. Um, Aaron Rodgers went end of the 10th round here, uh, which I'm disappointed with. I was hoping he was going to make it around back to me with my next pick here. Um, Marquise, Hollywood Brown, Tony Pollard, Mike Gusecki, and Elijah Moore all off the board here next as we're approaching the middle of the 11th round. And not a kicker or defense taken yet. I mean, what? That's too bad. Can you believe it? It's too bad Linda didn't join us. Uh, we would add probably about three kickers off the board by now.
1: I, All for her. <laughs> I
0: overshoot it here, but I I feel like I feel like I'm on
1: the verge of being that guy here just to to show her some respect. I don't know if I can stomach it in this round just <laughs> yet. <laughs> yes. I want to The the will is strong. I I just don't know that I can force myself to do it. And there's our guy, Jamal Williams, going off the board. Mm -hmm. Um, The beautiful mermaid himself. I still love him this year. I still really love him this year. And that's why I'm not as bullish on DeAndre Swift as Mm -hmm. some people are, is because I know what Jamal Williams can do. And he's not not
0: a slouch. And I think that's the perception right now, Mm -hmm. for better or for worse. But... And then that pick right before yours, I really like, too, with uh, Tariq Cohen. I think that is a sneaky, good, great value for him uh, going that late. I think people forget, because he was uh, injured last season, how good he actually was and how involved in that offense he was. Agreed. I mean, does he come back, and is he as involved? I don't know. Maybe not. Hard to say. But, again, you're in the uh, 11th round here. Why not take a shot on a guy that— that was a PPR monster just a couple years ago. Agreed. There's, there's very little
1: risk at this stage in the game. Of course. I mean, we, we passed, get your guy territory probably around and a half ago. Mm -hmm. I would say where this is just fully ADP goes out the window. There's Mm -hmm. no such thing as ADP at this point. You are taking the guys that you don't want to miss on and don't want to risk it. Now I, I, that's why, so I took Jalen Rieger here and I know this is probably not a popular Uh, or even semi-sexy pick. But Rager has just as good of a chance of being heavily involved in that offense as Devonta Smith does, in my perspective. He is awesome. So a Mm. high-round pick from just a year ago in that terrible offense. He's now got a year under his belt. I'm not expecting the world, but I think you can hope for enough production to make him reasonable here. And then Hunter Henry, Mike taking Hunter Henry after me. Ugh. The Henry, Janu thing, although Janu did hurt his hamstring already. And so maybe that by necessity gives Henry the leg up here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really just, if you're choosing between Hunter Henry or Janu, and tell me if I'm crazy here, Dustin, but you're kind
0: of choosing between touchdown upside versus versatility. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep, absolutely. And then that next pick was another wide receiver that, oh, I just love the value at this point is Russell Gage. Uh, someone's got to be involved in that offense. And we saw last year when Julio was out, and I know Pitts wasn't there, but Russell Gage, I mean, he saw a significant uptick in in his uh, involvement in that offense uh, when Julio was out. Mm-hmm. So we've seen what, what kind of the ceiling for him is on a week-to-week basis, and getting him at the end of the 11th is just uh, insane value, and I love that pick. Agreed. Yeah, that's a really, part of me,
1: part of me (laughs) no wishes, I had gone the gauge route instead of the rigor route, only because at this point, with my wide receivers that I have who are all upside guys Mm -hmm. at this point, I think having that safety blanket would have been nice, but you know, you don't get to go back, you don't get to turn back time, as much as Cher might tell you, that's right. possibility Uh, (laughs) we got fields though dustin i will say you taking justin fields as your qb let me ask you this because the reports came out today matt Nagy says there's no way no way justin fields is our week one starter to put any merits into that is that coach speak do you
0: care will you try and get a week one starter later if that worries you i don't care (laughs) <laughs> I'll be honest. It, it, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything right now. I don't care what the coach says or what Andy Dalton was told when they signed him. Uh Nagy is playing for his job and if if they're going to start Dalton week 1, you know. And again, this all kind of depends on what we see uh it, as the offseason progresses here, but um I can't imagine that Dalton's going to be the uh the week 1 starter. Just can't do it. Maybe he starts, and then by the half
1: they reassess some things, and they're like, you know, we could go a different way and still live up to those statements that we made, so nobody calls me a liar later on. Um, and now at the at the turn here, so Gronk, Gronk, can we yeah. talk about that? As a he's a he's an option now, or yeah. is he?
0: Absolutely, he's an option.
1: Look, I, I made that stupid bet myself. Uh, I, I bet was going to ask him, if you
0: wanted to uh, uh, say anything about this. Wish i ruined my <laughs> life. I wish I'd never made that bet. But he, he did <laughs> technically
1: finish as a tight end eight last season. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously coming back after a year being away. And so he was pretty rough those first few games out. Now, Yes, most of his production came on touchdowns that's what you're looking for with most tight ends at this stage of the game so mm-hmm. why not go with the guy who has the rapport with his quarterback on a team that's going to throw it 500 times that's and right. be very efficient you know it does make a lot of sense so mm-hmm. um now peewee seems to have ditched out on the draft i don't know if you're able to force a pick here or not dustin If if you are go for it if not we can just uh, well, let's you know, just look into the future here. We've,
0: we've only got 50 seconds left. Let's, let's let Pee Wee here try to make a pick. We'll see if uh, they jump back on. Um, I swear but, to God,
1: if this is the actual Pee Wee, like if if this is Pee Wee Herman and he's fucking big time at us right now, I'm going to be so mad, but also so flattered that he bothered to watch <laughs> the show.
0: Yeah, but after oh. this, uh, if, if this auto picks, then we can uh, next round I'll, I'll auto pick for, for this person.
1: Okay. Just now, to I keep things a moving. <laughs> I have a question for you, though. So in advance of your pick, which is coming up here again in a couple, Mm -hmm. you took Justin Fields. Now, we kind of talked about it, but I really do want to ask. So you go this late for quarterbacks. My typical strategy when I waited on quarterback was to, in these rounds, maybe hit a back-to-back guy, Mm -hmm. you know, take uh, Justin Fields and then take somebody else with that. uh, I don't know if it's insurance, like a Kirk Cousin, like you were talking about, Mm -hmm. right, who is a little bit of a safety, icky play. But is that, is that your vibe, or do you not do that?
0: You know, I, I was thinking about it, and then when, you, when I'm looking at the quarterbacks that are left here and everyone that has, I mean, we've got a couple teams that already have two quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling good right now. Uh, I think I'll, I'll wait another round probably to grab another quarterback. Um, I do have a running back here that I think I'm going to go after. That um am I gonna get a talk about my guy? Probably no. not. I'm I'm gonna take a uh, Tevin Coleman here. Oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah. Justin, oh yeah. why would you
1: do that to yourself? I, I think, know this is just a mock draft, but come on, man.
0: I think he has a sneaky uh chance here to be uh very involved with this offense. Uh coming over from San Francisco, where um Uh, the coaches all came from. Uh, So they're very familiar with him and, and this probably the style of offense they want to run. So I think he could be very involved, especially if, and I know the, if is the big thing here, he stays healthy. I think he could have some sneaky good weeks here and be very involved with this offense.
1: All right. All right. That I, I appreciate the perspective. Uh, I hate the perspective, but I appreciate the perspective. And, the, and now they did come out and say like week one, basically they're rolling with Coleman. I mean, that's how it sounds. Like mm-hmm. he is on top of the depth chart for now. Mm-hmm. I think the skepticism is just how long can we expect him to keep it? How mm-hmm. long can he keep it away from Michael Carter, the rookie who I, who I love? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I want to get that out there. Now, a couple other – Zach Ertz at this stage in the game, he's not technically without a team right now, Mm -hmm. right? Because he's still technically on the Eagles, Mm -hmm. but that's not going to last. So we just don't know where he's going to go yet. Mm -hmm. Does that
0: make you nervous to take him as your – is that his first tight end in this draft? I don't know. Let's look. Nope, got Big Bob Tanyan as your other tight end here. Okay. So fair enough. And maybe that's, you know, Tunyon. I, I love Tunyon.
1: And obviously last year, he did great things for the Packers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I expect that same level from him this year. And then pairing him with somebody like Ertz then makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I, Ertz has so much upside if he lands with Indy. If he goes and gets back with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Oh, that would be phenomenal. I mean, the amount of catches that man would see in that offense is crazy. Then mm-hmm. Latavius
0: Murray finally comes off the board. And you know what? Mike, I with the handcuff of all handcuffs, yes. and I actually thought about taking him there uh, with my pick uh, instead of Tevin Coleman, but um went with my gut on it. yeah. Mm-hmm. your your gut said Coleman above mm-hmm. Murray. Murray
1: is he's a a guy who can be utilized with or without an injury in front of him. So Camaro goes down. Yeah, obviously he sees a lot more touches, but it doesn't matter. It's kind of like Kareem Hunt, light, light, light. He's still going to have plenty of usage in that offense with or without that injury happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I delayed it enough. I want to talk about my pick, but I didn't want to seem too, like, too eager to talk about it, I guess. But uh, I took Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, and I why wouldn't you? So good about it in the 12th round. I almost waited one more round just, you know, to see. But I didn't want to see because if he got taken in, in front of me at mm-hmm. this point, I would throw my laptop in Ray. I would leave this <laughs> mock draft. And I didn't want to do that. So I took him. And uh, I already have, of course, my my confidence like is, is super bolstered because I'm walking in this thing with Justin Herbert, and now I got Fitzpatrick behind him and it feels real good. Mm -hmm. Top 10 quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: Woo! I like that. Uh, Then we got Rondell Moore, Kenny Gainwell, Daryl Henderson, which I do like that pick there, late in the 12th. Johnu Smith going off the board. Uh, One person we didn't talk about in the 11th that um, I missed, um, which, again, I think is just tremendous value, Logan Thomas going off in the early 11th. Uh, Man, I... I, I love that pick there. He is going to return such great value and to have that there is wild. Wild. Yeah, I mean, top top five tied in last year if
1: I'm not mistaken, right? Tied maybe for fourth, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I still expect a downtick in that production because there's new blood coming into that offense. Very true. But to your point, the 11th round Kiseki mm-hmm. or, or Logan Thomas, you are the former Kiseki believer. I don't know what your temperature is on him now. But if you had to choose between those two personally, same round, they went two picks apart. Mike Kiseki or Logan Thomas, who
0: would you go with there? Uh, I'd take uh, Logan Thomas.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. all right. So that wasn't just empty empty talk there, empty chatter about Logan Thomas. No, no. I, I... know how much you like Kiseki, so mm-hmm. that means something.
0: Yeah. Oh, first defense went off the board here at the end of the twelfth round. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey. Are, oh, and that's, and another. Here's the run. Here's, Here's
1: the defense run down. The defensive run.
0: Yep. Uh, well, we are here in the last three rounds. So, uh, defense and kickers will be flying off the board here. Uh, we had Gabriel Davis, Henry Ruggs uh, went in the twelfth, and then the Washington Football Team defense and Kirk Cousins all off the board here. Uh, again, I, I'm a fan of Kirk Cousins late as a second quarterback for yourself. Uh, very consistent most weeks. So he's always seems to have those stinkers. Uh, basically, you don't want to play him on a primetime game either on Sunday or Monday night. But other than that, he's terrific. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you're locked in. You know when to sit him.
0: You're That's right. You
1: there. You fire him up all of the other times. Yeah. No, I really, you know, Kirk Cousins is is disrespected. Uh, if I wanted the safer play, I would have taken him over Fitzpatrick. I don't want the safer play. Mm -hmm. I want the big balls. Give me the top ten possibility in Fitzpatrick. I'm such a believer in him this year. YOLO, Uh, baby. um,
0: YOLO. Oh,
1: it's going to be so good. So I'm back on the clock after a little bit of a tight end run I was going to say, a little mini run. Uh, But I'm going to do my my gal Linda Proud here, and I'm going to take the first First kicker off the board with Young-Way Koo, the leading kicker. From last year and this year, quite frankly, I'm just going to put that out there. Um, lock it up, lock up that leg. Nice. And now, see what I've done? Now I've created a stir. have Another (laughs) kicker going. Mike takes Tyler Bass, uh, who I think is Linda's actual crush for this year for kickers, if if I'm not mistaken. So, um, that's, uh, look at that pairing. Are mm -hmm. we going to get a three? Are we gonna get a three or here? Is somebody gonna take a third kicker in a row to complete the hat trick? Or not? I don't know. But um, no, these last picks. Is there anything you try and do with the last couple of rounds? I mean, are you a handcuffer at this point? Are you a
0: upside only? Are you a flex play? away
1: kind of guy here like what's your methodology
0: no at this point um kind of looking for some real late round sleepers um like right now i'm going to take a quarterback just because i do like to have a second quarterback on my team uh and then with my next pick i'll I'll, I'll take a depending on what's out there i don't want to give away my strategy but um you know take a guy that i think um could be sneaky uh upside so i'm gonna take matt ryan here Uh, don't know why he's getting the disrespect here going so late um, off the board. Uh, He's still got tremendous weapons with Ridley, Russell Gage, and the elite Hall of Famer Kyle Pitts on the team. Uh, And and their defense is still terrible. So they're still going to be singing the ball around. He's going to have those boom weeks for you. And as, as a compliment to Justin Fields, I like it agreed that
1: that defense callout that's more important to me than any individual player on offense that he has to work with it's the fact that it doesn't matter he has to throw it atlanta has ranked in the top 4 for a total number of passing attempts in the nfl the last 3 years i believe they were number mm-hmm. 1 just a couple of years ago yeah it's not changing like he's going to it's a volume play now i will say if i could actually wait if i hadn't taken justin herbert if i could no bullshit get matt ryan and ryan fitzpatrick Matt Ryan Fitzpatrick, oh. if you will. Oh, I like that. that. All <laughs> I would do that all day. I would name my team that, and I would ride it into a championship probably mm-hmm. uh, because you do have the safety of the volume from Ryan, and then the upside of Fitzpatrick there for those boom weeks. Like, I, yeah, I think the disrespect to Ryan is crazy. Now, right before mm-hmm. Matt Ryan went, though, Deshaun Watson comes mm-hmm. off the board. Look, we don't know what's going to happen with him, but talk about
0: the ultimate league-winning possibility oh, absolutely and and when you look at his um uh, at Primes team here he's got Dak Prescott as a, as the starter so I mean you take that shot on Watson if he ends up playing like you said you league league winning type move there uh, even if you use it as a trade bait or you know a trade piece later on in the season um and you could always pull another quarterback off the the waivers later in the season if you had to so uh yeah I I mean at the end of a draft like this, you gotta love that pick. Yeah, I really. It's
1: worth the risk.
0: And especially good, since there is no risk at this point. Well, and I was gonna say, especially since we're drafting this early in the season. Say this was our actual teams. Uh, mm-hmm. You find out he gets suspended, you drop him, and you pick up your second quarterback off the waiver wire. I mean, there's there's gonna be guys out there that you can pick up. I-
1: you're going to be super bummed that you, uh, you know, took Watson, and then you had to drop drop him, as opposed to taking Tyler Higby. No mm-hmm. offense to the person who took Tyler Higby, but that's not he. Higby to me is not a league winner. You know what I mean? Watson absolutely can be. So I think that that, oh. that type of choice. That's the sound of, of somebody getting sniped. I totally got in their sniped. Soul.
0: Ugh, I did get sniped. Did Wait, you just
1: get Mortal Kombat Where they actually took your soul out of your body? It feels like solo? it.
0: I, I had uh, Troutman ready to go, <laughs> and I just ugh. That
1: Troutmania it, came one pick early. Oh, I was looking. I
0: was looking through the the tight end list here. Like, okay, who am I going to take? Looking through, I'm like, where did Troutman go? Ah, sniped again. Now, while you're thinking
1: about who you get as a a consolation prize here... Should I take Tim Tim Tebow? You had Kittle.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: If you do, I'm exiting this draft.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is true. I do have Kittle. I don't have to take a second tight end. Um, You could. I think I will, only because I like to have that... um, Just that little bit of uh, stability there, especially with Kittle, knowing how he plays and how he likes to get injured, Um, having (laughs) someone that I think could have a good season here, um, Mm -hmm. you know. And I'm I'm not going to take Evan Ingram. I just don't believe in him, Um, especially this late. I want to go for more for upside. So I'm going to, or not upside, but someone I think could have a sneaky good season. That's Gerald Everett. Wow wow yeah. I, I should have
1: known because all last year all last year during the whole arguments about la rams tight ends is it is it going to be higby is it going to be everett you were staunchly team everett i should have known that him switching teams wouldn't deter you here mm-hmm. no but yeah you make me sad sometimes <laughs> 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 now i'm sitting here on the clock I really buy, I put myself into a hole with these wide receivers because everybody's an upside wide receiver on my team. I would love some more stability. There's just not really stability to be had. Uh, uh, don't, at this. Don't you disrespect Cole Beasley like that? Oh, oh okay. Yeah, actually, that's a fair point. I, I shouldn't have. Beasles would be a solid because he could be probably the number two on mm-hmm. on the Bills there. Maybe number three, depending on how you view, view Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. You know, you actually bring up a very good point. You might have actually swayed me off of my uh, pick because it could have been pretty dastardly here. So I'm going to do it. In honor of you, Dustin, in honor of you, and my comment about Gerald Everett, uh, Gerald Everett, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Beasley. The yeah. other option I had on my plate was Kadarius Toney, rookie for the Giants, thinking, swing for the fences. Mm-hmm. Hey, what kind of upside does he have? It's immense.
0: Um, yeah. But... You're right. The, re- the disrespect to Bezos will continue no further. Mm-hmm. No, he is someone I love to have on my squads. Uh, very safe floor week in and week out. I mean, uh, I-, I had him on a squad last year and it was like 10 points minimum every week. I mean, it was just a set it and forget it where I knew I was going to get double digit points. I mean, who else can you say, especially at the end of a draft like this, where you can basically be guaranteed that amount of points like that's the disrespect. Yeah, you no, know, it's it's a great point. It, it really is. And some
1: people, again, it's kind of your preference. Do you want a security blanket at this stage, or do you want all upside? Mm-hmm. The thing that I do want to point about about these late rounds is, is be careful about the type of upside you're choosing. In these rounds, I want these to be the easy droppers for my mm-hmm. team. The guys where if I want to pick up a waiver ad, easy decisions, I'll just these guys yep so if you're drafting somebody that you won't know what their true outlook is until week five don't draft them at this that's you're holding up then you feel forced Mm -hmm. into holding a player for four weeks until you can make that decision i want somebody at this point week one i know what i'm getting and if it's the moon great i hold them and if it's not and they stink then i can
0: drop them and i can pick up that next hot thing off waivers no worries Yep, I agree a hundred percent. Hundred if I could go over a hundred percent, I would. You can. Who's stopping you? What mathematicians? What the yes. math police?
1: Yes. Huh? Okay. Yes. Well then fine. You can just say you say it's like a hundred percent with an X ex- exclamation point. Okay. A hundred percent plus.
0: God <laughs> damn it. All right. All right. So <laughs> we got uh, Trey Lance, Jared Cook, and Zach Wilson all off the board. Again. Yeah. I, I don't hate any of these picks this late in the draft. Uh, I, I can't say I, I would hate any pick at this point in the draft just because you're getting the guys uh, that that you want and, and you think have, have upside. And again, with those quarterbacks, they're both rookies. Who knows what they're going to do this season? They, they could blow up and and have an amazing, amazing seasons. They could be Justin well, Herbert I- from last year. We don't know.
1: Well, can I tell you, I think that Trey Lance actually has the most upside of every rookie quarterback this year mm-hmm. because obviously his rushing floor is gonna be wild. He the dude ran for eleven hundred yards as a junior in college. Like he's he's going to translate some of that to the NFL. Doesn't mean he I'm not locking him in for a thousand yard rushing season. It's just but right. like, that upside there and that nice of an offense. Man, I mean, San Francisco is kind of an ideal landing spot, I would think, for a rookie QB. So I really do like that pick quite a bit. Zach Wilson, I go back and forth about every day <laughs> if he's going to be good this year or not. I hope so, because I did take him in a dynasty league, but I just don't know if I can bank on him this year. But mm-hmm. and that's the deal. At this stage, if he's not good those first couple of weeks, great. Just kick him off the
0: team and don't think about him for the rest of the year. Yep, No big whoop. Yep, that's right. Do we want to talk about Todd Gurley? Well, that was a timed-out pick, so um, I, don't, I don't think that was uh, Gridiron's intended ah. pick there, unfortunately. Oh, uh, <laughs> so. Oh, thank God. Yes. Uh, we'll so we, like it never happens. Yeah, that's right. We, we, we won't give Gridiron there a hard time about it just because. But um, Nelson Aguilar here in the end of the 14th could be the uh, wide receiver one there in New England, possibly. Almost by default, you would think he had a really good
1: showing last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that as the winner of a beer bet centered around Nelson Aglar, of course. Uh, But you folks might know that out in the world just by watching (laughs) football. Uh, No, he really did do well last year. Mm -hmm. I think he more than exceeded expectations. I don't know. New England's offense is weird. I don't know what else to say about it at this point. If Cam starts... I also don't believe that any of these receivers just die because mm-hmm. he starts. I think he's going to be a lot better than last year. Do yep. not believe Cam went off the board yet, has he? Uh, No. Nope, okay. still out it's, there. He's a very interesting guy. If you're drafting this early in the season for a redraft, I don't know why you would, but maybe you do. Uh, Cam, Cam Newton at this stage in the game is my ideal type of pick. Uh, if he starts, I think he's... He was already great last year, and he barely threw any passes. So once he gets himself kind of back back to normal, which it seems like Belichick believes he will, uh, then he is, uh, again, that really upside quarterback that I would love at this stage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, Kicker Palooza, Dustin. Kicker Palooza. Yep. Here we go. All defenses and kickers here. Woo! Uh,
1: I'm really tempted to take... So there's one running back that hasn't come off the board that I I want to take just to make sure he finds a home because I I almost just feel bad. So I'm going to take him here. It's James White talking about New England. Look, that man, that man did a lot of things for a lot of people without them realizing it. If you had him on your team and you were smart enough to utilize him, at worst as a flex play, he has been the model of PPR consistency for some time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's, it's a
0: muddy backfield. But I'll take the pass catcher back there above all else. Mm-hmm. And then Marlon Mack off the board. Craig the leg Zerline. Uh, who am I going to take? Which kicker? I don't Sorry, know. You got to
1: take one of each, huh? You yeah. Take a kicker I'll, take, defense.
0: I'll take Robbie Gold. Why not? It's a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Go- I'm going to tell Linda about this.
1: I'm going to tell Linda how little thought you put into this selection.
0: Well, kicker is a position I tend to to stream throughout the season if I can. So uh, I like to play the matchups, but I'll take Robbie. He's, you know, that offense should be better this year and he should get more opportunities. But truly with
1: that kind of thing, if you're looking at kickers and, and defenses too, to a certain extent here in those last rounds, because, yeah, you still want to make a wise decision, obviously, mm-hmm. even if you're going to stream. But, like, are you looking for indoor kickers? Are you looking for... Uh, just high-powered offenses that you know
0: they're going to get in range at
1: least a lot. Is there anything in particular you're
0: keen on? Uh, not necessarily. I don't typically look for that. Like I said, I tend to s- stream kickers. Um, so if, if I had to pick one and, you know, say for our home league, how we have very limited uh, waiver wire moves, yeah, then that would be more of a consideration for me. But um, not something I necessarily give a lot of thought to. Fair. For any new listeners who haven't heard us talk about this, by the way, we
1: are in a home league that only allows 10 ad drops throughout the season. So mm-hmm. when we go into our draft, we have to keep that in the back of our minds all the time. Every yep. pick. There can be no wasted picks because you can't afford those ad drops. You have to use them for injuries, for any breakout players, whatever. And so it gets a little it gets a little troublesome. I don't necessarily recommend it as a league setting.
0: No, absolutely not.
1: Um, but it makes everybody take the draft very seriously, which, of course, is a plus.
0: Mm-hmm. And which is always good because you want that. Yeah. You want the draft to be taken seriously.
1: <laughs> yes, you do. You sounded very school marmish there a little bit. But um, Paris Campbell comes off in the last round with Pee Wee's pick, by the way. I love that pick. I don't know if there is a better definition mm-hmm. of an upside wide receiver for this year than Paris Campbell. So, give me that. It's a pretty unrefined, or sorry, it's an ill-defined depth chart in uh, in Indy, and truly could be anybody's game. Paris mm-hmm. just has to stay healthy, and he could easily be the number one target there. Honestly, that's how that depth chart looks to me.
0: Yeah. And- now we've got kicker defenses. Yep. I, I 49ers. was, I was shocked to see that the 49ers defense was still out there for me to grab. Um, yeah. I think people forget how decimated their defense was last year with injuries. Um, mm-hmm. although I'll say here, uh, uh Mike, Mike, s- son of a bitch, Mike. <laughs> that was the other defense I was looking at. Um, uh, uh, this is the Patriots, um, again, half their defense was opted out due to COVID. Uh, and I think they're going to bounce back and have a good defense again this year.
1: Agreed. I'm going to take the stupid Titans defense because the Patriots went off the board right before me. That's absolutely what I was going to say. But, uh, yeah, at this point, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm not great about selecting defenses. I'm not that – first of all, it's the hardest position to predict year over year. The consistency is not there. Obviously, we're dealing with an entire group of people that we're selecting with one pick as opposed to individuals. That mm-hmm. makes it hard to be able to predict uh, year over year. I know anybody who you know, took the Bears, let's say hypothetically, in round eight in a draft, the year after they were the number one overall defense, probably regretted it. Definitely a vague probably. generality, not a specific call out to any <laughs> one person in our home league. <laughs> but that kind of thing happens you know jaguars year before that they were the mm-hmm. hot ticket and then the next year they were a dumpster fire so uh don't just use previous year stats
0: make that selection is my point that's right okay Jake. So we got last couple picks here um why don't you give a rundown of your team here for all of our listeners that are still with us thank you for sticking with us through this super super sized
1: episode Um, but yeah, I started off hot with a tight end, Travis Kelsey. Then I hammered running backs, Antonio Gibson, Chris Carson, Javante Williams, Kareem Hunt shifted to take a quarterback and Justin Herbert, then loaded up on wide receivers, Brandon cooks, Robbie Anderson, Mike Williams, Marvin Jones, Jalen Reger, a lot of upside took Ryan Fitzpatrick as a second quarterback. Then young way Cole Beasley, James white and the Titans.
0: I like it. How do you feel about that draft strategy of hammering, uh, Running backs early and then wide receivers later. I feel so
1: dicey about my wide receivers. But if two of those guys can hit where I can find consistent starters, I will have won the draft, in my opinion, just because of the quality I got up top. But it's it's really risky to do what I did, and it's tough to see if it pays off. Now, how about yourself? You, you had a different mythology there.
0: I did. So I went Tyree Kill, George Kittle, J.K. Dobbins. Then Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Deontay Johnson, Chase Edmonds, Tyler Boyd, Naheem Hines, Darnell Mooney, finally took my first quarterback in the 11th round, Justin Fields, Tevin Coleman, Matt Ryan, Gerald Everett, Robbie Gould, and the 49ers. Um, So I went San Francisco special teams units all around here to finish off the draft. (laughs) as you do and you and you have kittle you basically
1: have the majority of the 49ers team Mm -hmm. on your roster right now. oh this is true uh so you should you should feel good about that look maybe we'll throw these teams up on twitter later and and uh see if anybody has a strong opinion about ours Mm -hmm. one way or the other but i think this was a really fun episode i love to do these uh who
0: knows maybe we'll do another one before the season kicks off yeah i think we should um yeah, and all you out there that uh stuck with us the entire time, thank you. Uh hope this was a valuable uh exercise for you to go through and kind of get a little behind the scenes of our methodology of how we, how we draft and why we draft the players we do. Um I just want to say there are still a lot of guys out there that I really like that were not drafted. Um so I mean I think that just shows that uh, the quality of players in the NFL and, and kind of the upside that we see for them uh, is is pretty incredible. So um, I could have probably won another four or five rounds here and still got guys that I really wanted. Uh, So uh, yeah. Any, any last uh, thoughts here, Jake, before we sign off here of our extra long episode this evening?
1: No, just want to thank our mock drafters for participating Mm -hmm. with us. This was really great. Uh, It's always interesting to see the different styles that people Try to attack here. And that's mm-hmm. that's the biggest focal point of a mock draft. What yep. are the other styles that are out there? Is there anything you want to futz around with you know, that you don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable with in an actual draft? Uh, but that was great. So big shout out to all of them for doing that with us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really enjoy having the uh, live people there doing actual uh, drafts as opposed to having the computer just simi- simulate it, which is going to be more based off of ADP than what people would actually do. So um, yeah, appreciate everyone that jumped in and took the the time out of their evening to assist here with the mock draft. We truly do appreciate it. And uh, Jake, why don't you tell folks before we get out of here where people can find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge, And you can find our podcast at drinking fantasy and you can find me at FF dusty dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers. F-Fers.